Hello, everyone. Welcome back to All Over the Place Exercises in E Pluribus Unum. Have some familiar friends with us again tonight. Uh, first off, Jim Culver is back in the uh, the gallery, and uh, <laughs> we, we've got a little. Uh, the, we're calling it the Temple of Doom bunker right now. So the, <laughs> the lovely trees, and uh, I don't know if Indiana Jones. I don't remember him too much in the trees, but uh, or with uh, gophers swinging around, uh, whatever they were. But the less we talk about that one, the better. And uh, also joining us, uh, filmmaker Ken Christensen, Hello. and uh, another. A filmmaker and mili and uh, Army veteran, Air Cavalry. We've got Dan McClinton with us as well. Welcome, Jim, Ken, and Dan. Thank you. Good to Thanks be. a lot. Good to be here. And uh, uh, Jim and Ken have—I uh, want to say it's recently, but earlier this year—they uh, put out a. I'm going I'm to call it a labor of love because I know that uh, it's it's a subject near and dear to Dan's heart, and uh, and and uh, called the longest month, and. Uh, Ken, Dan, why don't you just uh, give us a, a quick, quick overview of, of the last month before we get uh, the, the longest month before we uh, get into it. Okay. Um, well, Dan, you want to give the, the overview of how we got going on it? or? <laughs> well, um, I don't know. How far How far do you want me to go back? <laughs> oh, just just uh, like the January, you know, before on, the, on that year, January of 2019. Oh, okay. Well, um, this this film is about my unit when I was in the 1st Cavalry Division, which was uh, the 1st Battalion 227th Aviation uh, Regiment. And it's an attack helicopter battalion that flies the AH-64D. And uh, we were deployed to Iraq in, well, we, we left to go to Kuwait in September of 06 and moved up to Iraq around the November timeframe. And uh, this film covers roughly the January to uh, February timeframe. And that's where the longest month came from because uh, during that, that little time period, uh, we, in the AO that we were in, which was around Baghdad, we lost five coalition aircraft uh, I don't know how many crews, uh, air crew. My battalion lost two uh, air crew and a helicopter. And uh, our sister battalion, 4th Battalion, 227th, they lost an aircraft and two of their pilots as well. So it was a, it was a tough month, and uh, a lot of stuff happened during that compressed period of time. And uh, I thought... Uh, reflecting on those events that it's it's something rather compelling and it's it's unique and it's something I think that uh, the general public would benefit from knowing about. Absolutely. So, so I got with Ken and convinced Ken to to make it. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm guessing after you guys had done uh, first attack that documentary it wasn't too tough convincing it was it Ken? No, no. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, it was, well, um, it's taken, a lot of it is taken, uh, from Dan has written a book and it's going to actually be out, um, yeah, this fall and, um, having read, you know, his manuscripts and stuff like that, um, you know, it was, it, it was an easy yes. Um, and then, um, you know, once you get into, you know, lining all this stuff up and lining up all the interviews and, um, you know, working with the Army Public Affairs Office in Los Angeles, which was a whole nother um, little adventure. Um, uh, you know, it it was. Um, and when you finally get to the interviews, when you get to talk to these people, it just it just kind of, you know, the stories that they tell just kind of blow your mind. You you just really don't have an idea of what they all went through until you actually get to talk to these guys. And that was, that was, um, you know, the whole, the whole idea behind this was to, to have these guys just tell the story, um, you know, um, and no narrator, you know, um, no script. Um, it was just their, um, them talking on camera and beside, you know, beside the stories, I also wanted to get an idea of, or give the audience an idea of what, they went through, I mean, through training, um, kind of, 
you know, the, the esprit de corps that they had, give you an idea of, of the enemy that they were fighting, a general overview. Um, so you had, you have more of a well-rounded idea of, and, and you can actually put that, you know, have that ex extra information when we start telling the story and it kind of fleshes that out um, a little more. So, um, and it was, uh, you know, it, it took a while to make. Um, one of the reasons is because I moved to Texas um, during the during the making of it. And it was a good move. Um, one of the reasons I moved here is is because it, it would be easier to to, um, you know, facilitate the interviews that we needed to get. Um, we shot about 36 interviews um, all over the country. We had another guy shoot in uh, Virginia. Um, and, uh, you know, putting all those together was um, took a little bit to do. So. Well, if going to IMDb is any indication, I'm just going to read a few of the the uh, the. Uh, the headlines of the the reviews, best military documentary I have seen. Real unbiased stories told by soldiers who were there. Proud to support. Tip of the spear. Great documentary. Must watch. They got it right. Excellent accounting of events. Incredible, truthful film about the intense aerial combat in Iraq. And the movie has got a 9.4 out of 10 of votes and, and feedback on, on at IMDb. I, I, I'm going to go first to, to Dan and uh, then to you, Ken. And just sure. how does that make you feel knowing that these guys, knowing that this feedback has been so incredible? Well, that's, um, I feel kind of, I feel grateful that uh, we got it right. Um, going back to, you know, we had a premiere for the film in uh, Fort Worth back in February. And the vast majority of the audience were people that were in one of the two units that we're talking about in the film. And the fact that all these people were okay with what we did, I told them at the time, I said, that's that's what I really care about is if, if the people that were there think that we were fair and accurate, that that's really what matters to me, that that I know that I got, that we got it right. And uh, if other people can watch it and get something out of it, that's great too. And and I, I think, I really believe that they can and, and they will if they watch the film. Uh, but the fact that people I was there with like it, or I, I don't think like is probably a good word for it because it's pretty, it's pretty, um, it's pretty rough stuff in some places. Sure. But um, the fact that they can appreciate it and think that, that I told, we told the story accurately that that's what really matters right yeah. and and just and, and watching the documentary and just seeing you know just you know like the, those more intense moments the guys describing it and just <clears throat> telling telling those stories and getting those stories out there I'm, I'm and and it's one thing you know for to read these headlines and know the feedback from the people right but like you said to to get it from you know your your comrades and, and your brothers in arms to get that 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 that's really the only thing I, that's got to matter the most obviously and yeah. so and ken for you as, as the filmmaker what what's your reaction uh to the feedback both from you know the online and the guys who uh, who were there appreciating it with you at the at the premiere well it's uh it's very humbling <laughs> um you know I, i'm uh extremely privileged to to be i you know it's it's in a very exclusive club um these guys um they're a very small community um and to um, have something that you put together accepted um, by these guys. Uh, it's it's extremely humbling, um, and to get you know get to meet these guys and talk to them. It's uh, you know it. There's really you know you can't really put it into words. Um, you know it's you know that's why I did it. You know I did it for those guys. Um, but I also, you know, I also wanted to have, you know, the ordinary person have a look at and, and, you know, you know, get to see something that they haven't seen before. You know, you all read the headlines, um, and especially, um, you know, there's this one story, well, the, the Tarmia incident, um, where the, the, um, outpost was overrun, um, that was covered by, um, the Wall Street Journal. 
And they kind of use it as a way of saying, well, you know, it's this surge isn't going well. Because this was the beginning of this was kind of at the beginning of the surge. Uh-huh. Um, but then when you when you get to see and talk and listen to the people who were there, you get a totally different point of view um, than what they kind of portrayed. So um, I was happy to do that, um, you know, because a lot of these guys, you know, that um, they thank you for getting the story out. And that's the main thing is just, you know, getting these stories out. There's, you know, um, Dan will tell you that just about every battalion that served in the surge um, had stories like these. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, it's just kind of the, you know, I know Dan and he knows me and we got this thing off the ground and, and, you know, we happened to get these stories going. Um, but you know, there's a bunch of them out there. Um, so, you know, it's, it's good to, you know, good to know that, that, uh, this sort of thing, um, you know, get, you know, get, sorry, uh, where you kind of get to, um, you know, get to get into that world that few of us know, and we only know from from the news reports. So. And uh, I want to jump back into to first attack. Actually, the first project that you guys had done together, and that came about. And, and we're all here. It's a Threedonia re- mini reunion right. here going right. on right now. Right. And uh, and that that was a Threedonia production of first attack. And what were the uh, the differences, and some of the maybe even some of the similarities between making that documentary and now this one. Um, this one was, um, the first one was more of a historical, so it was a little drier. Um, we got Nick Searcy, thanks to Eric, uh, to narrate the, the show and, and we actually brought him over to, uh, Fort Hood, Texas and, um, talk about a genuinely funny guy, um, as a lot of, you know, people who know him, um, will attest. Um, but, uh, you know, he's generous to, with his time, you know, we didn't have to pay him. Um, and, uh, you know, he did a fantastic job. Um, but the difference was to barbecue twice. Yeah. Well, (laughs) actually the, the, the second time we took him to barbecue, he paid for everybody to, to, at, um, at, um, Rudy's. So that was, that was pretty cool. Um, but, um. Yeah, and so the so the first movie was more was more dry, was more historical, um, and then I wanted the the second movie to be more emotional, uh, more engaging. You know, I um, and I think we succeeded um, just because we got uh, the guys who were there to um, you know tell their stories, and you know you can't get any really much closer. To the events than than the guys who were there. So, and and Dan, uh, real quickly, am I not mistaken in uh, that Cole was one of the guys who was at the premiere for First Attack back in the day? I remember, uh, I, I remember that face from, and maybe I'm wrong. I, I thought I remember him from the. I don't uh, think Cole uh, no. made it out there. No, I think um, uh, one of the jo- Hosses was there. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Brian, Brian, uh, Major. Brian Haas, the, yeah. the uh, RLO was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and Dan, for you, I mean, uh, you were a producer and with, with uh, on First Attack, and uh, that being more like Nick, as Ken mentioned, just carrying it as, as a historical documentary. What was it like for you to actually be in, you know, the longest month and 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 being able to tell your stories? Well, uh, personally, I'd I'd rather not be in it because I don't want people to think that it's about me. Sure. Um, I and can't get to tell you, I, I didn't mind sitting there and like talking with the people that I, I knew every, every one of these guys. So um, you never heard me, but I'm the guy like talking to most of these people while they're being interviewed. So uh, I think, not to pat myself on the back too much, but I think, you know, that <laughs> because I was familiar with what, you know, what went down, I kind of knew how to guide them into, uh, you know, what we wanted to say about 
like what was going on. Um, right. Well, that, that's your job and, as a producer. So, yeah. Well, uh, you know, and as uh, you know, you, Ken's talking about emotion, but I, I think, you know, we we actually stopped a lot of the time when if we were unscrupulous, you could have like really, you know, made somebody a hot mess. Like I, you know, I lost it talking about my dad. So, um, you know, and, um, and, but, you know, as a, as a filmmaker, I have to look for those parts that, um, not, you know, not only, you know, that tell the story, um, and, you know, thank God, Michelle asked you that question, um, because that, you know, that was the perfect, actually the perfect end. Because, um, um, you know, my dad served in the Army um, during World War II also. So we, you know, kind of have that history. And, uh, you know, that was um, maybe, uh, maybe it was kind of an ode to my dad a little too, to have that in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, and for those who haven't seen it, like at the end of the film, I'm talking about, because we're talking about how heroism, how these stories are recognized or how they aren't recognized. And my father, back when I was a kid, told me that, you know, for everyone, Audie Murphy, and for those of people who don't know out, out there, Audie Murphy is the most decorated soldier in the history of the United States Army. <clears throat> for every Audie Murphy out there, there's like 10 more guys that nobody knows about. You know, and when I was a kid, you know, you're not real sophisticated and don't know a whole lot about how the world works and stuff. And you're going, yeah, right, whatever, Dad. <laughs> um, but, you know, 40 years later, I'm in combat and you see all this stuff going on. And for whatever reason, you know, somebody doesn't get an award or, you know, people aren't recognized uh, for what they did. Um, and it's like it's it's all true, you know. Of course it's true. You know, my dad told, you know, why would he, why would he bullshit me about something like that? Um, but, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really understand that. And like now, you know, then I was in the army and I get to see it all firsthand. And he's exactly right. It, the more things, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And I was glad that you featured in the movie uh, the guys who had received the Distinguished Flying Cross and included those things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, those those guys, um, um, I mean, those, those guys, you know, their, their story basically covered, I, I mean, it colored that entire deployment um, just because of their influence on on their companies and on on the people in the battalion, um, so you know, of course, we're going to you know tell their stories, um, and and one of the you know and you know Dan told me that the um, the company commander had to like work like crazy to try and get these guys recognized, get the recognition that they want that they deserved. Um, you know, and that's part of, you know, what Dan's talking about. Um, so, you know, and that's, you know, that's another reason we, we did this is, you know, so, so these guys, you know, I mean, they, they have their names on, on some, um, you know, on, uh, um, on some facilities and stuff like that, but, um, you know, who are these guys? And it was, it was good to. So you can put a human face, you know, on the, you know, you just read the name and, you know, but, uh, but when you can see, you know, their story and have people talk about them who knew them, um, you know, it's a whole different way of, um, you know, bringing it to the audience. So. Right. Now, when you guys are taking out to the film festivals, what are the, I, I know you've got a couple of film festival, uh, you, you've won a couple of them in, in a couple of categories. And well, what's it been like you know, uh, from the audiences uh, and the, their reaction? Is it information that they never knew? And so, I mean, it's obviously something that is being, you know, productive in that arena to recognize these guys. And, and just so, uh, well, what's the general reaction been like from the film festival audiences? Well, sadly, um, we haven't been able to attend. 
any oh. of them. Um, so the two that we won, um, I think, um, I know one was a virtual, um, and then the other, I don't know if Houston was or not. I don't. Um, I don't think they showed it. Yeah. If, they, I think they, it, uh, the, they judged it. They right. screened it for the judges. Mm. Right. But they didn't have a, uh, you know, screen it for an audience yeah. attending. Yeah. Well, where are you guys in the process right now in terms of either getting distribution or just more film festivals or getting into schools or things of that nature? Well, we're, um, we're going through a, a company called Film Hub, which was, is kind of a self-distribution uh, company. So you um, you give them the the film and they give you the specs on how they want it delivered. They want you know subtitles. They want um, um, you know posters and stuff like that. And they want all the all the synopses and stuff like that. And they will they um, basically make it or they make it open to streaming services so streaming services will go there and based on the algorithm they they have a proprietary algorithm as everybody does and based on you know what they're looking for um you know some services are looking for family friendly some are looking for just indie stuff um they can search through and and um find films that would fit th what they're trying to to show on their services. And so far, um, we're on um, a streaming service called Plex, which is um, oh, a nice. AVOD, which is uh, ad-based uh, video on demand. So you get a commercial in the in the movie. And we're also going to be on Tubi here soon. Oh, um, excellent. Yeah, which is another ad-based uh, video on demand. Um, we're on a couple others that are not as well known. One is a subscription service um, called Typhoon On Demand, um, and that's more indie kind of films. Um, you know, some of the more obscure stuff. Um, and I'm trying to think, um, there's some others that are are um, that have our film has been selected, but it has not been delivered yet. So, um, and then, you know, once it's delivered, they have their own schedule of when they are going to put things up. So, um, that's kind of where we're at on, on that, on the distribution front. And then we're, we're still selling Blu-rays and, and DVDs at dangerpig.com. So it's D-N-G-R-P-I-G.com. Um, that's, um, Dan's site. And in addition to that stuff, um, Dan has um, some of the photos he's taken, um, which we feature in the film. Um, Dan, I mean, if if you look at, if you see some, a picture of an Apache helicopter that's from that time period, chances are it's something that Dan shot. So um, Dan's also, you know, he's got his book out with, um, with uh, it's like a photo book of, of that time period mm -hmm. so you can you can get a really good idea of, of what it was really like out there and um, so that's where we're at uh, <clears throat> excuse me distribution wise and um see that, that's one of the nice things about being one of yeah. dan's friends on facebook we get to see all of your your kick-ass photos throughout the years dan so it's yeah. like but i'm still yes. going to buy the book later in there. and also and uh it's good that i'm glad you're bringing up the book uh both you guys because um a reason for a follow-up interview here on all over the place <laughs> down the line. So if you want, it's all always up to you. So, and now Jim, uh, you know, I, I, uh, uh, qu quick, uh, disclosure, both Jim and I were, uh, contributors in, in the crowd at the crowdsourcing or, uh, however the crowdfunding and Jim, uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on, on longest month and, and uh, questions you have for Dan or Ken? Uh, well, I haven't had, haven't been able to see it. I think, I mean, my, my thoughts are, I, I think it's fantastic. The story is getting out there. I think that for a long time, these, these kind of stories needed to be told and we're being throttled. Um, I think the worm is starting to turn on that. We're getting, we're getting, 
you know, obviously mainstream films like American Sniper and and uh, 13 Hours and 12 Strong coming out now and all, you know, uh, there's obviously no no taste for this for the anti-war stuff that came out when the that was coming out when the war first started. I think things are definitely moving in the right direction, but we've got a long way to go before a story like this can can really get the attention it needs and, and more stories like it. Um, and, and as far as my question goes, I would just say that uh, I guess this is a question for both of you, but uh, you know, obviously there are a lot of a lot of conservatives out there that, that are trying to get their stories told, that are trying to get projects made that'll kind of move the cultural needle. Um, so as as uh, you, you guys have been able to get two projects made independently outside the studio system, uh, so what what would you say are the you know, kind of the biggest challenges you faced, and what was your what would be your advice be for somebody who's trying to get a project like this off the ground? Um, well, <clears throat> I think the main thing is, um, and I've I've done a lot of research on you know trying to get these kind of things going, is to the knowledge that the cavalry, you know, we're all of, this movie is all about the cavalry uh, aircraft, but in movie making, the cavalry isn't going to come. So you aren't going to get that distributor, probably. You can't, you know, really count on, you know, getting the money. You have to come up with ideas that you can make yourself. You have to, you know, you're going to have to think small for your first however many projects. Um, you've got to really, you know, throttle things down and, and figure out exactly how you're going to tell your story. And you have to figure out, okay, well, am I going to, you know, you it's probably not going to be something where you can just, you know, um, quit your job and do this for a couple months and get it out there and it's going to make a ton of money and it'll, you know, be, you know, you'll be set. Um, the trouble is, is that the market is super, super saturated. Um, so you probably, you know, I, I, I follow a guy on, on YouTube that, does a whole bunch of documentaries and that's kind of how he does things. I mean, he does them really quick. I mean, he'll do them like, you know, three or four months and he'll do like 10 or so a year or something like that. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, um, you just gotta, gotta think about what you can do with your, you know, your limited funds, um, if you can, you, and you also have to be kind of a man who wears many hats. Um, you have to be the shooter, you have to be the editor, you have to be the director, you have to be the sound guy. Um, we were lucky because we did have some crowd crowdfunding that we were able to actually get, uh, a score for this film, um, and, uh, five, one mix, um, which is kind of unusual, um, for this budget range. Um, thank you guys for um, supporting that because um, that's where all that money went. <clears throat> um, but, um, you know, it, it, you really have to just um, stay, you know, in, in the realm where you can, you know, do everything. Uh, or if, unless that, you know, if you can't do everything, you know, somebody who can do it for you for free. Um, but then having to rely on somebody who's doing stuff for free is, you know, a whole another game. So, um, you know, just keep it small, um, you know, write that big epic script, you know, do that. But um, and then, you know, put it in, you know, put it away and then come up with something that, you know, you know, you can do, you know, you can shoot, um, you know, as far as documentaries, um, you know find something that interests you um, and then find the people that are willing to talk about it and um, just go from there. Actually, documentaries are probably your best bet uh, as far as low budget filmmaking, um, you know, because then you aren't having to go find actors and, you know, locations and stuff like that. Um, and that's why that this one guy that I follow um, is able to, you know, crank them out so quick. So. That's my, you know, that's my advice, and hopefully, uh, you know, people. Well, can, in terms uh, of get, and getting uh, getting them into schools, and especially in a state like Texas where this has been filmed, and uh, have you had any luck or any desire to get um, them into the libraries? 
and things of that we, nature. We haven't really done gotten. We haven't really um, gone in that realm. Um, as soon as we get on Tubi, I want to um, get a hold of some of the TV stations and see if we can get like some PR for for the film and get some eyeballs on on Tubi. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I don't. Um, and there's a couple f bombs, so that kind of <laughs> that kind of uh, you know yeah, probably is not very um, scholastically friendly. Um, although I know I know they showed Schindler's List to people, so and that was like way beyond what. <laughs> well, what a, we qu did. a quick trip back into the audio, just do a little bleep over top. Yeah, of it, yeah, you know, yeah. We but, can, uh, yeah, we can definitely definitely do that. But um, yeah, schools is um, something we've we've um, thought about. For this um you know and and um you know it's definitely something that um you know would be neat to show kids or you know have them have an understanding of of right. um of this um what they did you know it's probably a like a high school kind of kind of yeah um, audience but um yeah um yeah, I haven't well, done that. You know, it's funny you mentioned school because at the premiere I had somebody, I, I forget his name, sorry. If you're listening out there, I apologize. Uh, came up to me uh, and told me after after the movie, he goes, every, every kid in every, in every school in the United States needs to see this. Well, you know, that's a great idea and everything, but, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't have a clue about, you know, how to get that done other than approach people. But, uh, and I don't think there's enough time in the day. Now I have gone to some of the museums, you know, around here, aviation museums and, uh, approach them about carrying the film and, and, you know, to be honest, like in, a lot of times, unless you know somebody that's, it's kind of a tough nut to crack. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking and, charter schools would be the better bet to go anyway, just because there's a little bit more patriotism at those right, places, from my experience right. anyway. And yeah. you also have someone now who works at a movie theater chain here in the Phoenix area, owned by local people, very military, heavy military uh, presence here. I think we can have it shown over at the uh, Majestic Theater, film, uh, film and uh, bar and grill. Well, they make like Apaches there. It's all right. But I know we yeah. don't want to talk about the Apaches here in Mesa. We'll we'll stay away from that subject uh, based <laughs> off of the last documentary. I remembered. We don't want to talk about them too much. But I'm putting it out. You guys want me to? I will absolutely, positively take it over to Majestic, and I, I think it's something that we we would like to show in the, our own little theater neck of the wo uh, woods here. I know we, well, we've I'm, got a lot of military people who come into our theater. Yeah, yeah I'm all about you know. The, the maximum audience possible. I mean, you right. know, whoever wants to see it is great as yeah. far as I'm concerned. <clears throat> um, I just remember the attendance the last time I hosted a premiere and uh, I don't want yeah. that to happen again. Yeah, but we were extenuating circumstances. I was there. promised playmates. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was before dating a certain someone had to drop out. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm let me let me talk to him again. I'm still friends with him, so I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I was told that the most uh, the uh, we're really skipping into un, 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 unexpected territory here. I was informed <laughs> that uh, the uh, playmates, retired playmates, live in the Phoenix area more than anywhere else in the country. Really? That again could be an apocryphal story. Just telling you what I heard. <laughs> Target rich environment sounds like. <laughs> I'm willing no, to go out um, and do the research though. Oh wait, yeah. I've got a girlfriend now. Shoot. Uh, I uh, anyway, moving on. But um, um, Dan knows more about this than I do, but um, the brother of one of the guys that we talk about in the movie, um, you want to, Dan, you want to tell him what, I mean, they're showing it over at uh, Fort Rucker, aren't they? Um, or they did, or? I was, I was told by the public affairs officer that he was going to show it, but I haven't, um, he hasn't like closed the loop with me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And we're but the we're, brother of uh, Keith Yoakum, who's featured in his stories mm -hmm. featured in the film. Uh, he works at Fort Rucker, which is the schoolhouse where everybody learns how to fly 
and people get qualified in the Apache at Fort Rucker. And there's actually a hangar named after his brother on Fort Rucker. So uh, Keith's brother is is very active in keeping his brother's memory alive. And and Jim mentioned, of course, uh, a few of those movies that, you know, have the military theme and, uh, you know, and I'm thinking even earlier this year, I was really impressed with Chang Tatum's work in Dog. And I don't know if you guys saw that. Definitely highly recommend that one. Hmm. And just that's that's, that's one guy's story. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah. For sure. You know, from a veteran's point of view, Mm -hmm. there, there were a lot of things in there that were like, they obviously talked to somebody that was, you know, veterans were involved in this. Mm-hmm. Now, were there any, and I, I'm sure there were a ton of stories that come out, but there anything, any one story that uh, stuck out for either of you guys and Ken, especially as a filmmaker, you mentioned writing those scripts, any one stories that uh, came about uh, in, in the longest month that maybe would inspire a standalone narrative? Well, um, I mean, um I'll just go to Dan's book and um, I think that would make an awesome movie actually. Um, you know, we've talked, I mean, Dan and I have gone back and forth about, um, you know, it, to try and tell that whole deployment, you know, you're, you're looking at kind of a band of brothers duration miniseries, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, just the, the Tarmia section is, is probably, one of the standout sections um, just because we got the guys on the ground, you know, we got their point of view also, um, which was key for this story. Um, And it's um, people who've seen it. um, I had a, we had a friend come up um, who's totally out of the military loop and he, he watched it and he thought that, you know, that was probably one of the more memorable um, sections, you know, that, and, um, you know, that would definitely make, um, you know, it's kind of, um, it's kind of Black Hawk Down goes right <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cause you know, yeah, I mean, it, people still lost their lives, but, um, you know, it, the outcome was, you know, much well, better. Well, it could have been a lot, a lot worse. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, just the, I'm actually Facebook friends with one of the um, mothers of one of the guys who was there and she, you know, she was super grateful, um, you know, that we were able to, you know, tell the story and, um, I, I sent her the a DVD or a Blu-ray of it. And, you know, I, I imagine it was, you know, a tough thing to watch, um, for her, um, you know, her son survived, thank God. Um, but, um, I, I yeah. think the thing that, that, and not to, to badmouth our own film here, um, but, you know, Ken's talking about my book and there's, there's a duality of that existence over there for that 15 months that I tried to show in that book because there's, you could make two movies. Mm-hmm. You could, you could make the movie like an expansion of what we cover in the longest month, which is people doing, you know, going above and beyond the call of duty, going, doing heroic things. There's, there's like 15 months worth of that. There were like 300 engagements in those 15 months against the enemy that my battalion participated in. So you could make that movie but you could also make another catch 22 or a mash or because there was so much. <clears throat> and, and I think the duality occurs because, you know, we're flying out of a base where there's a lot of people that don't, you know, they're doing admin. These, these jobs are very, they're required and somebody's got to do them, but they aren't, they aren't exactly putting themselves in the same amount of danger as a soldier walking through on a patrol in Sauter city mm-hmm. or driving on a convoy or even us flying around in a helicopter. So when you come back, there's, there's a clash going on and 
there's a lot of silliness that 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 occurs and in my book i try to break up i tell a lot of these stories that were told in the longest month and i tell other stories that happen after that little time frame that we're talking about but i try to break that up with stories of like some of the ridiculous things that occurred over there that you know you kind of shake your head and and you know it's actually the kind of stuff that when i get together or when we get to get when all of us who are in that unit get together that's the stuff we talk about the ridiculous funny <laughs> stuff we don't people don't tend to dwell on the you know the bad things or you know remember that day that i nearly got killed no you know people don't really talk about that unless you pull it out of them so you know there's there's that that goes on you know and that's why i say you could make two movies right really well that's hint, hint, Ken. Hint, hint. yeah well you know I, <laughs> I i wish i i wish i had that the you know the writer uh is is kind of uh, the the my least um oh i might well it's it's the toughest thing for me is is writing stuff and um <clears throat> you know there's i and again i go i go to dan's book and basically because it does have that duality it has the it has the drama and it has the you know the mash type humor um you know things that really happen you know you couldn't make some of that stuff up um and, you know, and, and unfortunately, I don't have that, you know, and, and, and then I go back to, you know, how, how you kind of have to be the, you know, the man of many hats uh, to get stuff done. And that's, you know, I, it, it would make an awesome movie. I mean, I, you know, I see it in my head and, and you know, I see all those, you know, interesting moments and, and, you know, the, you know, it has, you know, it's, it'll, you know, you know, you'll laugh, you'll cry, you know, it's. It's, it's, um, you know, you know, really, I mean, um, if I had to compare it to another military film, I don't know if you've seen, uh, uh, flight of the intruder. Okay. So there's, you know, there's like silly stuff going on in there, but there's like deadly serious business going on as well. And that's, and I, I didn't model it after that, but when just listening to Ken talk, uh, that movie came to mind. So if anybody's seen that, that's that's kind of what I'm shooting for there. Well, as I mentioned before, I'm going to hold you to that. Uh, we're going to come back and visit you then uh, again later in the in the year. So it's on. That's it's up free sale right now on Amazon. Right. It's in my queue. It's called Crazy Horse, which was our call sign over there. Right, and which is one of the I I, I love the uh, the uh, the section dedicated just to the air cab and and just and I know Dan you don't like seeing yourself on the screen or you wish you didn't have to be in but I loved watching all you guys in that just you you can see and you can feel the uh, the deserved cockiness I love that section in in the longest month <laughs> so so I'm hoping that gets into Crazy Horse the movie and the book or the or the movies oh yeah I mean it. Um... You know, you've got, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a totally, uh, Texas kind of, you know, kind of film, you know, you've got the soldiers with the cowboy hats, um, and you get, it's not a cowboy yeah, hat. I know. I'm sorry, Stetson. <laughs> <laughs> by, by the way, Ken, where, to... why aren't you wearing your Stetson tonight? Who? You've got your Stetson. Why aren't you wearing your Stetson this evening? Oh. It would have been perfect. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Well, not criticizing just wondering right right um but you know it, it, it's it's got i mean there's there there were parts of this that I, you know we won't go into they they had issues you know they had issues with command they had you know they had issues with all sorts of things out there um and you know you, you just see these characters um, in Dan's book, and you, you go, man, this would just be an awesome movie. And then the the other the other issue would be, you know, trying to get the army's buy in, because <laughs> you know after they did Stripes, they were really really picky about what movie they <laughs> you know helped out on. <laughs> um, Need a big so, CGI budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> or, you know, or I, you know, I'd prefer to, you know, if we could, because I, I mean, I've seen some, um, some like uh, six scale radio controlled Apaches, you know, because I'm a total um, special effects geek um, that look, you can, I mean, you can do the movie with that stuff, you know, you can do miniatures and stuff like that and, and really, you know, make it imperceptible, you know, where you wouldn't have to do as much, much miniature stuff, but you know, you, or you, could, or you, you just get Tom Cruise and he can, he'll fly them all for you and film yeah. Them practically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So you care, know, care, it, care for what you say here, Ken. You're painting yourself into a corner. Yeah. I'm going to expect well, this now. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well the, you know, it it would be awesome. I mean, it would be, uh, and I, I'd probably, you know, want to be behind this, way behind the scenes. You know, I, I, I don't I want to hear any of this. It would that. be. I, I'm not. I don't want to yeah. hear. It would be awesome. It will be awesome. No, it would be. It would be. It would be completely awesome. You know, but trying to do all that stuff and trying to get right. all those ducks in a row is, is, you know, and well, and then the number one thing is getting the script going and, and that's what, actors. Well, as, oh, as we yeah. learned last week on, on last week's episode, we learned that Omar Cersei, Nick's son is mm -hmm. busy building a resume with many different hats. He's becoming yeah. a multi hyphen, just like his father. So oh. just uh, putting Omar out there for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We, I mean, um, you know, the main thing is the script, uh, you know, um, and then trying to decide whether it's a band of brothers or it's, you know, or it's a, a feature film. Mm -hmm. Um, cause there's, there's just so many things that, that happen in, um, you know, just trying to tell that whole story and, um, cause you know, 13 months or, or no 15 months. Um, yeah, it, it's, it would be a really tough thing, but, uh, you know, totally worthwhile just because, it's like something people have never seen before on, you know, you've never seen the Apache pilot. I mean, um, you know, a realistic depiction of a Apache mm -hmm. pilot. <laughs> yeah. I, Cause you know, they, they did the, what was that horrible movie? Don't say the name. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, but, when I was in the army, if you say the name of that movie, you owe somebody big time. Okay. Oh, is it like this scene in uh, in Top Gun Maverick where if you mention a certain thing, you owe, you owe a big you I uh, got a tape oh, yeah. tap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know which one, but I don't want to yeah. be the guy owing the yeah. money. Yeah. I, I'm, Nick I'm, Cage I'm, was in that movie. Yeah. I, I knew. I, I did know. Wow. What do you know? I've said. <laughs> yeah. Nick Cage, upcoming film with Nick Scherz. It, it all comes back. Nick Cage is like bringing us together the last two weeks, <laughs> whether we like it or not. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, it, it would be awesome to do. And, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things that um, I, I wouldn't know how to how to get that. You know, you'd have to get number one as a script and and uh, trying to get that. You know, I, it, I tell you what, and we haven't talked about this much. Ken kind of mentioned it, but the number one. Pain in the butt, like with trying to get something like that done is the army public affairs <laughs> yeah i mean we're we i thought everything was squared away we were getting ready to film on fort hood and you know i called them up and it's like what are you talking about this isn't you aren't approved you know ken had flown in from oregon and and i had contacted people in the unit and they were all ready to to go fly and this guy's like no you can't do that and <laughs> I basically told Ken, like, please talk to this guy because yeah. if I talk to him right now, I'm going to wreck the whole film. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was, um, I, I think what happened is that they were kind of hoping that this wouldn't happen. Um, that was just my kind of, you know, little story I told myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, because that was the only way to explain what, what we wound up dealing with. Um, but, you know, in talking to the guy, you know, he says, well, you know, we're partners in this, uh, you know, we're, we're working. And I said, well, you know, I, we're, we're going to do a movie that's, that's going to paint you guys in a very, very good light. And we're doing it for free. You aren't having to pay a penny. Um, so, you know, we're do we're holding up our part of the partnership. Um, so can you just kind of smooth things out and talk to the first cab PAO. And I think that that was the holdup, wasn't it? Um, yeah, well, the guys in L.A. hadn't sent the paperwork, even oh, though yeah. 
if you recall, like a couple of weeks before that, they're going, okay, it's all approved. Uh, you're yeah. good to go. Yeah. You know, and they sent us a, that paperwork that basically said, okay, we, we support your project. Yeah. And Ken and I haven't done this before, so I don't know how dealing with the Army works. And we get to Fort Hood and they're, well, where's your whatever form they're looking for? You know, uh, government bureaucracy strikes again. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I go, what are you talking about? Well, they should have given you this, this and this, you know, to say that this is approved. And they go, well, they gave us this. No, that's not good enough. Right. You know, and this is like the day before. You know, we already Ken spent money to get there. Right. And and we're making all these plans based on what this guy told us. And then all of a sudden they start backpedaling and. Well, I don't know if we can get the paperwork done in time. You know? <laughs> that, that's that's when I like handed Ken the yeah, phone. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to yeah. go off if. Uh, <laughs> and I yeah. and I know, you know, I'm smart enough to know that that's not what needs to happen. Uh, but I'm I wasn't sure about my self control. But I mean, at the end at the end of the day, it all got done. But that I don't want to go through that again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. And that's you know that's that would be you know trying to I mean the budget on this would be beyond what you know what we could probably you know scrounge together for sure. Um, we're talking major studio kind of buy-in kind of stuff, and they, you know, they're busy doing. Um, I don't know what are they doing. Marvel movies. <laughs> um, no more, please. No more. Yeah, no more. Yeah. No mas. Marvel. No mas. Yeah. So, you know, trying to get something like that, um, it it could easily be, you know, in the realm of oh, maybe half a Marvel movie, yeah. um, budget-wise, um, just to get what you need to get because you're talking something that i mean you'd probably have to shoot like where they shot uh, black hawk down you'd have to shoot it out of the country um you know to get those those locations and stuff like that so and then you'd have to get you know it you know to do it right you'd have to get um you know the apaches out there and you know getting them flying and, and stuff like that and so and, and i remember hearing about ridley scott you know, doing Black Hawk Down, um, <laughs> he ran into the <laughs> uh, the same bureaucracy where they were they were very very close to shooting Black Hawk Down with the with the uh, Hueys because uh, because uh, the government uh, kind of dropped the ball. But fortunately, you know, they got the Blackhawks. So I I kind of <laughs> felt Dan cringing as you said that. <laughs> well, I flew Hueys, so I'm okay with that. No, okay. no, 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 you know, I, nothing against the Hueys. But, <laughs> well, you know, so they, they were an ample substitute in the event that it, it went that direction. I just, I just, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it, you know, it's kind of um, um, Mr. Perfectionist um, here, you know, who's like looking at, you know, all, all those old World War II movies where the Germans are flying, you know, driving M60 tanks. And so, yeah, narratives aside, I mean, what, what, what is on the, I mean, of course, uh, with Dan, you've got the, got the crazy horse book on the horizon. Uh, Ken, what's, what's on the docket for you right now? Well, we're, Dan and I are working on a, another documentary about people who photograph um, aircraft. So, you know, it's as a hobby and some people who um, we're going to interview a guy who d does it professionally. And then we're going to interview um, an, a former Air Force uh, public affairs guy <laughs> um, and kind of talk about, um, you know, what what this does for the Air Force because um, they're out there. Um, you know, you've got a bunch of people shooting, you know, and we're going to we're actually going to go to Red Flag in um, Las Vegas in August. Uh, the beginning of August, and um, shoot, hopefully shoot some aircraft and and actually photograph the photographers because that's kind of what this is all about. Um, so it's you know it's a, definitely a huge departure from what we just did. It's it's going to be more fun and um, you know just kind of just people sharing their love of of a of a craft and um, you know that's kind of that's the next thing and. Uh, um, we're working on that. We're working, trying to get that all lined up. So Dan, you'll be on camera again. There you go. Whether you like it or not. No, not, not this time. 
All your bets <laughs> in this one. Okay. Totally just be I, I think, behind but the I think what's what's uh, cool about this is uh, having been a photographer, I was a, a photographer before I joined the Army that shot pictures of airplanes. And like most of these people, and I think we'll confirm this when we start doing the interviews, that they are people who love aviation that happen to take pictures, not photographers that take pictures of airplanes. Right, right. So I think the the interesting part of the journey and the and the thing that people will find interesting when they watch this is is that how these people express their love for what they do and how that comes out and the things that they'll do for that passion that they have. Mm-hmm. You know, the the it's it's incredible to me when I think about it, you know, that people will travel all over the United States just to take pictures of airplanes. Some people will go to Europe just to take pictures of airplanes. And and I'm not going to criticize anybody for it. You know, everybody's got a hobby and if they if that's what makes them happy, that's cool. But uh, I think it's I think it's interesting. I think people will find that interesting. There's a lot of characters in this hobby that I've uh, come across doing it all these years. So now are these just is this airplanes in general or just military aircraft? Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of people that specialize in different things. Like if I went over to DFW airport any day of the week, there is a place specifically set aside for people that like to watch airliners. Hmm. And I guarantee you that if I went out Anytime during the daylight hours, there'd be somebody out there with a camera. I mean, last week was the first arrival of some big, uh, and excuse me, I'm not really up to speed on airliners, but a big, you know, Airbus, the, the, the largest Airbus there is, came to Dallas for the first time as a uh, British Airways. And there was a picture I saw on Facebook of like 40 people out there with telephoto lenses taking pictures of this airliner as it landed. <clears throat> yeah. you know, so, is there a working title on this or is just uh, what, what, what's what's the plan well, for right I now? Well, I came up with a working title. I don't know if the Ken's okay with it, but uh, <laughs> and I'll explain it real quick because it's not going to make any sense to anybody unless you're it'll make sense if when we make the movie if if he wants to use that title it's called in search of a flex departure so at red flag where we're going when these guys call the tower and they ask for a flex departure they're making an early turn where they fly right over the top of the photographers in a in like a hard bank and i don't know if you've ever seen a like a military fighter when it pulls uh, geez, uh, if you've seen Top Gun, you've seen it. How its condensation starts forming on the mm-hmm. on the wings, so you get like a pretty spectacular shot. And a lot of people are—that's what they're there for. They're all lined up on this road on the departure end of the runway, looking for a flex departure. And that's almost like some guy's bucket list. Like I got to go out there and get shots because. You know, some of the jets there have cool looking paint jobs that are different than other places. And but like I said, there's people in that hobby. They there's guys that want to take pictures of B-52s. There's guys that want to take pictures of, you know, whatever. So there's something for everybody. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah looking so, forward to that. L- looking yeah. forward to uh, the crazy horse. And uh, <laughs> I, I just want to thank you guys for coming on and uh, and talking about the longest sure. month and uh, just oh and I actually let me back up uh, is there uh, four and Dan you're going to say the title in, in in search of a flex in search of a flex departure oh I, I got so close and then fell apart at the end in search of a flex <laughs> departure uh, it's like naming the show all over the place exercises in e pluribus unum I, I you can't make things simple uh, <laughs> or, or it's fun not to make things simple. Um, but in search of a flex departure, is there a crowdfunding for that again? Or what, what's the, what's the, uh, how are you guys looking to fund this? Actually, we're going to, we're going to self fund this. Um, we're going to try and get it all done internally and, 
see what we can do with it. Um, I'm pretty, you know, it doesn't, doesn't make a whole lot of money, but I'm, I'm kind of, well, and we did get approached by a, um, what's it called? Producers. Producer, I can't remember the one. Representative? Yeah. Oh yeah. Producers rep, um, on this, on the longest month, um, about, uh, and they would, uh, represent us to distribution companies. Um, the downside is that you have to pay four grand upfront, um, but that and then um, they will take a ten percent cut of whatever you, they get for the distributor for you. Um, mm. have, you know, so paying that four grand, you get for you know on your first forty thousand, you don't have to pay them anything because you've already paid the four grand. Uh-huh. <clears throat> you know, but whether or not you can get that forty thousand is, you know, it's a whole another whole nother can of worms so um i'm kind of happy with film hub um you know it's we aren't making a you know we're not making we're making peanuts basically but we're getting our name out there we're getting the movie out there um they're getting us on tubi which is pretty spectacular um and um you know they charge us they get 20 percent um off of you know off of what you know it's it's basically however many eyeballs or however many hours they give you, you know, a certain percentage or a certain, you know, like a dollar or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's very low. So, um, you know, and that's more than the, you get at Spotify though, according to a lot of musicians, but anyway, oh, yeah, it, you know, and that's the trouble is that, there, you know, it's, it's the market saturated. Um, right. So, you know, it, it you kind of, I mean this for, you know, the longest month I had zero problem, you know, if I don't make a penny off of it, I'm totally fine with it because, you know, I made it to, you know, tell these stories. Um, and if we can have other people see it, that's awesome. If the, and, you know, have the people who are part of this battalion see it and, you know, are happy with it. That's, you know, that's the main thing we did. And, or, you know, that's, that's what makes me happy about it. So, right. um, this next movie, we'll see what we can do. Um, um, I did, talked to the producer rep about it and he seemed to think that that would be a kind of an interesting movie to pitch to distri- distributors but we'll see um they also work with um they also get you on film festivals and stuff like that they'll actually get you into film festivals um <clears throat> excuse me so um you know there's that's kind of cool and they'll help you with marketing and that sort of thing so um, we're just kind of we're gonna see where we can what we can do with the next movie and um, you know that's kind of the next thing and and uh, we'll see what happens after that. <laughs> I'm I'm happy with the you know where we're at with the longest month, but I would say that there's there's an audience out there. We just have to find it. Yeah, uh, and. That's that's the nut you got to crack is how to get, you know, unless you're affiliated with some, you know, Amazon or uh, iTunes or, you know, get it on one of those big platforms. It's kind of hard to get. You know, you got to go to a thousand uh, shows like this, you know, to get. uh, The word out. Yeah, right. And. uh, yeah, and that, and you know, I I actually went and um, looked up uh, film critics that are on Rotten Tomatoes and um, pitched, you know, tried to, you know, I emailed them and whatever, and and got zero feedback from anybody. Um, so that's you know that's the um, I think a a, a uh, you know a critic, you know, if we can get some decent you know critical reviews. Um, would definitely help us, especially one that's, um, you know, Rotten Tomato certified or whatever. Um, uh, I did find, um, as soon as we're on Tubi, I did get uh, an email address to um, get our stuff actually on Rotten Tomatoes, because you can get your stuff on Rotten Tomatoes, even though you don't haven't, it hasn't been reviewed. Um, So I'm going to be doing that. I just wanted to make sure we had, you know, had all our ducks in a row and and had places where we can send people to watch the movie. Um, so <clears throat> that's kind of where we're at in that realm. 
Hey Jim, I got someone in mind. A uh, 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 guy, Hollywood and Toto. I, I think that's that's popping to mind. Uh, he already has a copy of the film. Hmm. Okay. I, I sent him a copy of the film. Okay, we got to start emailing him. Make sure he reviews it then. Exactly. That. that <laughs> nudge, nudge. Putting the thumbscrews to him. We're, we're coming to you, CT. We're coming after you yeah. in a nice way, though, because <laughs> we like you. So, well, again, yeah, guys, and, you know, here. we're. He he did um, he did uh, um, Dan wrote a, th- um, a kind of a synopsis of what we were doing and he did put that up on his on his uh, website. I remember when we that first yep. started the movie. So um, yeah, that'd be great. And you know, um, honest reviews or you know, we uh, you know, we, we, I like to get feedback and and I like to you know if we can um, learn from this and and do you know that's that's kind of the whole game is, you know, where you kind of grow and, and, uh, build your craft. So, uh, well, I, I definitely enjoyed the documentary and, oh, uh, you know, you. Learn, learning the stories and, you know, just, and knowing Dan and know, knowing both, both, both you guys. And, uh, no, it was, uh, it's something that, that needs to be seen. And that's why I, from a school standpoint, I, I think that kids need to know this stuff and, and teen, yeah. I re- that. teenagers need to know this stuff and it's going to be a tough nut to crack. In in a public school with charter schools, I think it, it's tailor made for stuff uh, for curriculum like that. But and glad to have you guys on any time and talk Thanks. about the projects and uh, do whatever uh, whatever we can from this all over the place and uh, cool. the Podbean uh, podcast world as we get things revving back up again. Right, and definitely as uh, we come back to in search of uh, a oh I had it in my head in search of a give me the flex departure flex departure. Dang right. it, I had it 30 seconds ago. I had it. <laughs> the joys of being blonde. Anyway, uh, but uh, just uh, and with Crazy Horse coming out in the fall, I definitely would, would love to have you back on, Dan, to talk about that as, as we get closer to that. And uh, just thanks again, Jim. Thanks for you joining bet. us, as yeah. always. And uh, Ken, Dan, uh, Godspeed with the with this and, and the, uh, the projects on, on the horizon. Well, thanks thank you, Eric. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. We'll be talking to you guys soon. Okay. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in to All Over the Place. We'll be back next week. Guests to be determined. We don't know at this stage, but thanks again to Ken Christensen, Dan McClinton, Jim Culver. And uh, don't forget to check out uh, The Longest Month over at dngrpig.com. Hear you guys later on.